Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. Welcome back to the Bad Movie Cult podcast. I am your host, Dominic Lawton. I am joined in this glorious, sunshiny weather by my co-host, my partner in crime, Mr. Kenby Wild. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Ken, when the weather is as glorious as it is today, do you know what I like to do? Um, strip naked and run the streets. That's right, gymnastics. <laughs> That's why today we are covering the 1985 Robert Klaus classic. <laughs> it's Jim Carter. Ain't that the truth? His name, Kurt Thomas. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline, the timing, and the power of gymnastics with the explosive force of karate. And a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Jim Kata. Kurt Thomas becomes Jonathan Cabot. He must penetrate a mountain fortress to compete in an ancient savage ritual. They call it the game. But nobody wins. And nobody lives until now. When gymnastics and karate are fused, the combustion becomes an explosion. And a new kind of martial arts superhero is born. Jim Kata. Uh, this is based on a short story called The Terrible Game by Dan Tyler Moore. Yeah, and like loads of other people who've done similar things to this, but not quite as heavily focused on gymnastics. Which I'd be surprised if the book is. Yeah. <laughs> I would be, but not overly surprised. <laughs> this stars Kurt Thomas as Jonathan Cabot. Kurt Thomas became the first American male gymnast to win a gold medal at the World Artistic Gymnastics Championships. Holy shit. He's legitimate. He won six gold medals at the World Championships a year later, setting the record for most medals won at a single championships by an American gymnast, a feat that's only been matched once by Simone Biles in 2018. Wow. That is pretty impressive. So this guy is as legitimate as they come he's, in gymnastics. <laughs> he's too legit to quit. This is like when we reeled off uh, Cynthia Rothrock's achievements. Yes, yeah, which brings uh, us to her, the co-star of this film, Richard Norton, yes. who was Cynthia Rothrock's co-star in several films. Mm-hmm. He's also quite legitimate. He's too, yeah, he, he, I think he did the choreography for this. Yeah, and he's done loads of uh, films as well. Like This was way before, this was like before China O'Brien, this one. So nobody really knew who he was at this point. No. I think he'd been in the octagon 
the film, not the uh, actual fighting arena. <laughs> and then he went on to do loads of other fighting films with China O'Brien's Rage of Honor, Cyber Tracker, which is a, a beautiful one. Uh, and I think he's still he's still going now, still doing stuff. He was in Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, was he? Yeah, CC. Still about. Superb. That's a great film, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Got a plot for you, Ken. Really? Yes. Because <laughs> I've seen it and I missed that uh, <laughs> the whole thing. Jonathan Cabot, an Olympic gymnast, has to combine his gymnastic ability with martial arts to enter a deadly competition, not won by anyone other than a native in more than 900 years. Whoa. <laughs> it doesn't stand a chance. Got some keywords for you? Please. Gymnastic? Well, yes. Martial arts? Yes. Ninja army? Yes. Around the house kick? <laughs> Several. Camp? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Sexploitation? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Weird? Yes, very. Fetish? Again, not really. Sex? No. Kissing whilst having sex. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember it now. Yeah. I've got some of the greatest taglines for you as well. <laughs> Go on, then. So you're the, the producer. You're sitting in your chair. You're the big wig. <laughs> yeah, this will be the last film I ever produce. <laughs> You've just produced the classic... <laughs> this gets released. <laughs> ...gymnastic martial arts genre. Okay, the first one. A new kind of martial arts combat. Okay. The skill of gymnastics, the kill of karate. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. You're invited to witness the deadliest martial art of them all. <laughs> Is it not the most camp of all martial arts? <laughs> also that, yes. Yeah. And the last one. For glory, for nation, for survival, let the game begin. Oh, that's too many things. Which one do you like out of those? It, did it say for the glory? Just for glory. There's no glory involved. It's not supposed to be doing it for glory. It's supposed to be an honourable mission. Not for themselves. No, I don't like that. I don't like the glory aspect. As if you remember in uh, Eye of the Tiger, you change your passion for glory. It's not a good thing. You and... quote that song way too often <laughs> <laughs> in everyday life. <laughs> Should we crack into this piece of shit then or what? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, actually, I've got some, you know, you like in the IMDB thing, you do the keywords. Yeah. I've done the more like this. Oh, okay. Uh, we've got Deadly Prey, which we will definitely have to cover. It's incredible. Uh, no Retreat, No Surrender, oh, which nice. we have already covered. Hard Ticket to Hawaii, which is our very, very <laughs> first episode. Um, <laughs> it takes the breath away. <laughs> the Perfect Weapon. Oh, there's the cover where Jeff he's got the Speakman. the, 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 the sticks. Oh, the six, sticks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which of course features the best training montage I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you're the human from the future, which is Red Brown. Of course, it is. American Ninja, American Ninja Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing like American Ninja Two. Apparently. No. <laughs> uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires uh, and. Um, Stone Cold, Brian Bosworth. That's a good film. It is a good film, yeah. So there you go. That's what more like this. Although it's I would nothing like Stone Cold. <laughs> not at all. I'm not really sure. Gimp what... running around in a red fucking sweater. 
<laughs> what are you talking about, Stone Cold? You got Stone. You got the Boz running around with Lance Henriksen and William Forsyth, and, yeah. <laughs> and you've got some bloke on the fucking asymmetric bars. Yeah, <laughs> it's not similar at all, you <laughs> idiots. Fucking hell! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Right. So the film starts, Ken. Slow mo training. Mixed in with ninjas on horses. Yeah, it's, it's like the, it is the asymmetric bars, isn't it? He's doing a bit of swinging. A little bit of swinging, a little bit of slow-mo. Uh, mixed in with, uh, as, as Dom said, I, I wrote down, it was like, like Genghis Khan or something. It was his Mongolian empire of like, riding rampant across yeah. the hills in the 13th century. Yeah. <laughs> I was struggling to figure out what was going on at this point. Uh, it turns out it's Richard Norton. Yes. Early appearance from Richard Norton. Looking superb as well. I like him with the beard. Looks good. Uh, the man we, who's being chased, we find out, was called Cabot. Uh, he has to get across a gorge by hanging from a rope suspended a- across it in a sort of cliffhanger style. Yeah, I didn't see ninjas around the horseback. I just thought there was just a ninja stood on a clifftop, just ready. He's in full pose and everything. He is. <laughs> so how long's he been there? Yeah. <laughs> in full ninja, I'm ready for attack. And uh, the main man is, uh, what's his name? Commander Zamir, I believe. Zamir. He's standing there ready like Robin Hood with a bow and arrow. He shoots him from about a foot away from him. <laughs> just... Yeah, yeah. this guy, he, he, says, uh, he says, wait, Khan explained the game. And he says, and you believed that old fool? And shoots him with a bow and arrow. He is so close to him that the arrow doesn't even get, oh, like... Off the bow. It's still, <laughs> well, that's how close he you is to it. as well just have stabbed him with it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But he, he shoots him, hits him in the chest, and then he falls uh, into the gorge. And uh, we're back to the uh, the gymnast on the on the bars. Yeah. Lots of bombastic music as well to celebrate the uh, the bars dismount. I've, I've asked uh, the question of how, how does this compare to the usual opening scenes of heroes and action films, Ken? What of him doing some spinny stuff mm-hmm. on some bars? Because usually it's like Segal will go into a new, uh, it's a like an convenience eight. store. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be more difficult if he was doing this in a convenience store, wouldn't it? Yes, it'd be quite inconvenient for the other shoppers if he's got some asymmetric bars set up and he's just spinning around. Inconvenient for the owner as well, who would be yeah. hoping someone would help him with the, the shotgun wielding <laughs> lunatics, but he's just yeah, instead he's around. There flipping around by the caviar. And <laughs> bloody Oscars they're on for God's sake. So yeah, this guy is our hero. He's Jonathan Cabot, and uh, he's approached by special intelligence agency, the SIA, to play the game. This was um, Spotswood, wasn't it? This character's Spotswood from Team America. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because it's absolutely no way is anybody. That is his boss is going to greenlight this as a project. This is absolutely insane <laughs> from the SIA. Honestly, it's like no way. Imagine like I'm going to table this to your boss. What do you think? Yeah, he's <laughs> like we're going to get a gymnast to do it. Yeah. So well, it, there's a lot of like endurance in this and thing. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't we just use a marine or you know? Uh, yeah. Why don't we get the special forces or so, somebody who's trained for this kind of thing? It's like, trust me, we're going to need a gymnast. It's like, but do they have the the skills to to fight and and to get through like? Can, can they fight or do, tough they, terrain? Do they literally just do gymnastics? It'd be like, we're going to need a gymnast, but bo- have, boss. But have they got any survival skills? I mean, if they get lost, can they navigate their way back up back to where they need to be? Have you not seen him spin on those bars, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Nobody spins like that. 
we're going to need someone that can both spin and tumble <laughs> and look fucking good doing it. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Basically, the game that we keep talking about is it's an athletic competition in the fictional country of Palmerstan. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like some sort of cheese. It does, it yeah. It does, yes. It's a tiny mountain nation located in the Hindu Kush mountain range. In the 13th century. I love how the USA and uh, the other side, they never mention it, but Russia, are fighting to the death for a small mountain town in the middle of the Hindu Kush. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck would you even care that much? Uh, I, we, we, I like it because he actually says, uh, Palmerstan, he says, what do you know of it? He's like, I'm a, I'm a gymnast. I don't know fucking anything about it. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I like it on my bolognese. Yeah, sometimes in soup. <laughs> uh, we see a picture of the Khan of Palmerstan, who's like the king, and he, I, I probably looks a bit like Walter Matthau with a tea cosy on his yeah, head. Yeah, I've I've used Mel Brooks all the way through it in um, Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, I've <laughs> yeah. just got to use Mel Brooks. Yeah. in a stupid hat. We he see said, he said as well. He said, these men will train you. He's already accepted the mission. Yes. <laughs> it's all very quick in the first 10 minutes. He's accepting a mission, even though surely he could just have said, but I'm just a gymnast. Yeah. And he'd be like, oh, oh, sorry then, wrong wrong person. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we should yeah. just take your mentors with, with us instead, the ones that are training you. Yeah, but he says, the, these men will train you. And these guys just look like mercenaries. And he, he says it'll make the Olympic training look like finger painting. Yeah. He's like, hmm? Yeah. <laughs> so apparently finger painting was part of the Olympic training back in those in the 80s. Yeah, apparently it's fucking easy to be in the Olympics because the training's a piece of piss by yeah, the look of it. it's just finger painting. <laughs> we see Zamir from, from earlier. He has plans to overthrow the Khan and sell the country to the other side. Spotswood tells Cabot that Zamir doesn't give a damn about Cabot's welfare which hurts Cabot as he thought everyone cared about gymnasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do now. But the 80s was a different time. Yeah. It was before we had to. All oh. gymnasts matter. That's yeah. what we've got the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I like how he bought a massive fucking like book of pictures. Did you see that fucking thing with a backlight on it and everything? Yeah. yeah. What else here is, you see, if that's not enough, because obviously there's no reason for him to like go there at the moment, is there? No, it's not just like really. pictures of people that he doesn't know and saying this could be tricky. But, he's just like, but here's the actual plot. They've got the Star Wars satellite <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, space mission that can only be positioned above Palmistan. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, because that, that's, that's real. And uh, it could save the world. But if it falls into the wrong hands, it could destroy the world. My God, just in this tiny spit of sand called Palmerstan. <laughs> who, who would want to destroy the world? No one would win. If you, if you win that satellite and your aim is to destroy the world, you still lose. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? I don't know, but that, that's the plot in every <laughs> fucking like, bad yeah, guy's. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, they, could, I mean, they could run the world, I guess. I don't think this is the film to be nitpicking at that <laughs> that objective for, for bad guys, to be honest. You're right, okay. I just pray the right side get there first. <laughs> Cabot is told that the system could save millions of lives. <laughs> and as an extra incentive, Cabot is also told that his father, who went missing, was actually an SIA operative 
who was sent to play the game, but was never heard from again. Anyone who enters Parmistan must play the game. If he wins, he's allowed his life and one request. What we do know is that other countries are training their athletes right now. A lot of people want that one request. There's someone I want you to meet. You know your father was hampered by a, a lack of knowledge about the game. Fortunately, we have a break. Cabot will have insider knowledge on the game thanks to an informer who turns out to be Princess Rubali of Palmistan. Are you all following this still at yeah. home? <laughs> I'm not already. Yeah, and she just walks in. Yeah, she immediately punches him in the cock. Yeah, she walks in, <laughs> looking all glamorous, goes over to him, ties his hands up. Binds his hands. Yeah, which he allows her to do. Fetish. Yeah, or maybe. Yeah, and then um, just gives him a karate chop. Yeah, punches him in the cock, ties him his hands behind his back, and then karate chops him in the neck and then leaves. Yeah, and then that lesson, don't trust anyone. Why don't they, um, why don't they just go whenever they want? Hmm. If you have to do it anyway, whenever you enter, what's the point of all going at once? Yeah. I could go now, and if, if all outsiders have to play the game, I'd go now, and I could ju- I'd just have to do it. And it says that no outsiders won it in 900 years. Who was the other one? Who was the one 900 years ago that did it? That's a good question. Surely, if, if anyone who goes there has to do it, everyone who does it's an outsider. So no one's completed it in 900 years, then? Zamir probably has. But he's not an outsider. He doesn't have to do it. Well, the prisoners have to do it, don't they, later? Yeah, yeah, maybe. And the ninjas are pretty adept at it, so maybe they they run it as, like, training. Bloody hell. Anyway, we cut to training, speaking of, and we get classic stereotypical trainers that Ken was mentioning. we got an old Asian man whose only training methods are making Cabot walk up the stairs on his hands. Yeah, not very good to begin with, but, you know, it's kind of montage-ish, so... Yeah, I mean, we see the walking on hands in graphic detail thanks to the camera angle from above, um, yeah. between Cabot's legs, who's wearing those tiny 80s fitness shorts. Thank goodness they were tight. Yeah. <laughs> and when uh, when the old Asian man isn't doing that, he's sitting around with a massive eagle perched on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've written that. I've written that the Asian guy's got a fucking eagle. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. It's bigger than him. <laughs> And he's, uh, he's sitting there and he's watching... It's also never mentioned. <laughs> no. No one even mentions no it. No one mentions he's sat with an eagle on and his nothing, arm. And like, he doesn't send it off to do anything. No, it's just on his arm. Uh, he doesn't talk about spiritualism. He doesn't say about the freedom, the flight, or anything like that. It's just there. We don't hear an eagle later. No. It's just it's only in it that one scene, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Yeah. Probably savaged it afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> we also get an abusive trash talking black guy who beats him up at every opportunity. Yeah, yeah, he's on a horse at one point. He still <laughs> beats him up. He's on a horse way more often than you think a martial arts teacher would be. <laughs> Which is <laughs> like it's quite difficult to do martial arts on a horse. Yeah. I read a great review of this film that said that this training montage is thirty percent watching someone else doing karate. <laughs> And 70% finding out what Kurt Thomas's balls look like from upside down. <laughs> yes. It's a wonder no other montages took the same approach. <laughs> yeah. Although Rocky came dangerously close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Van Damme, he loves the splits. He does. Thankfully, he's usually wearing trousers. It should be pointed out how impressive that walk up the stairs is, though, to be fair. He has to go round the corner and up another flight, and he's still just on his hands. Yeah, but it's fucking useless. 
But it's fucking useless, but it's when, impressive. When are you going to have to ever do that? He never uses it. He doesn't, it. exactly. <laughs> it's it's not useless. a talent that you need. No. It is a talent, I'll grant him. But it's fucking useless. <laughs> yes. In every walk of life. Yeah. Unless you have no legs. He has. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, most training montages if you've give... you've got up- no legs, you wouldn't be upside down, would you? You wouldn't need to be. Because your arms would be longer than your torso. You wouldn't need to do it upside down if you had no legs. If your legs were like, if you still had them, they were useless. They'd just be dragging, like, <laughs> if you went upside down. <laughs> so that'd be useless as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, you'd pull yourself down there, wouldn't you? You'd just drag yourself. You wouldn't be upside down. Mm. Rubbish. Well, most of the training montages in, in, in good films give us incremental improvements. Uh, with this, we get him falling once at each, uh, sorry, failing once at each task. And then he beats his karate teacher up and that's it. It's done. Yeah, bit of staff fighting as well. Yeah. Uh, princess has got a knife. Yeah. Yeah, she throws that at him. I did put um quick mention to the fact that the princess says nothing to him and keeps jumping out at him like Kato in the yeah. Pink Panther <laughs> and tries killing him at all times. Yeah. I like the um the fact that uh, he's told uh, because obviously he gets a bit upset that she just keeps trying to kill him and doesn't speak to him and uh Spotswood because I can't remember his name. He says, uh, <laughs> she has an interesting background. Her mother was Indonesian. And that's the end of the background. Yeah. <laughs> so that is interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it explains fucking nothing. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. This next scene's fucking unusual. He starts, he plays out a conversation between him and the princess in front of her, where he pretends to be her responding to him. And in between him changing the characters he's doing... It's, he's jumping and flipping and somersaulting and twisting in the air to face the opposite way each time he changes his voice. Good morning, Princess. Good morning, Jonathan. You're looking handsome as always. Did you sleep well? Like a log. You remember when Tommy Cooper did the, like, uh, two halves, one woman, one man? Yeah. That'd have been easier for him to have done that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just turn round. Yeah. Well, you don't even have to turn around. You could just do a different voice. He doesn't even have to do the fucking any combat. He could just talk to her like a normal human being, to be honest. But he does this, and uh, the flip he's doing, fun fact for you, Ken, mm-hmm. is called the Thomas Salto. Is it his own signature move? Named after him, the Kurt Thomas himself. Wow. An extreme level of difficulty and extremely dangerous move to perform. It looks bloody ridiculous, to be honest. I know what you're asking, Ken, and I've got it here, the facts. Mm-hmm. It's a tucked one and a half backwards salto with one and a half twist into a rollout. Uh-huh. The move is now banned in competition following several serious accidents and the paralysis of a world champion gymnast. Yeah. Well, thanks, Thomas. Thanks, yeah. Kurt Thomas, for what you've brought to the world. Uh, the princess is obviously a big gymnastics fan because despite trying to kill him and never having spoken to him before, that performance was enough for her to start making out with him. Yeah. Yeah, he just walks over and kisses her. Anyway, that's enough of that. There's a debrief to be had where Spotswood's giving him the facts, but uh, he's literally just staring at the princess yeah. with his stupid childlike grin on his face. Giving her a kissy face. Yeah. Bloody hell, I hated that bit. He's deemed ready to be sent to uh, the town of Carabal on the Caspian Sea. Yeah, and if you don't remember that, uh, they'll say it again. About eight more times, yeah. and then we'll get a caption to tell us that we're there. He's told to meet Colonel Mackle at the salt mine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was called Mackerel. 
<laughs> Might as well be. Who will provide him with the necessary weapons and equipment for the game. Uh, not that Cabot looks that bothered. <laughs> they call him the Stork. Yes, that's in a second, <laughs> isn't it? Why? Because when you first see him, he's uh, knee-deep in water with his head <laughs> submerged. With a huge fish in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> or because he's very tall and thin, I guess. Or because he delivers babies in the night. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure, but that's what we call him. We get a quick massage, some sexy sex between uh, him and the princess. Then this off- is uh, still Cabot. That's not the stork. No, no. Yeah, we, 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 I try to skip the massage and sexy sex. Yeah. As I often do. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! We arrive by boat. Uh, Cabot tells us and the princess about the stork and his nickname. Introduces himself, takes them to the salt mines, and he turns into Q from James Bond. <laughs> that salt mine is just two people in there, isn't it? Hitting some salt. Yeah. With a stick. It's also just a warehouse. It's not a mine. Yeah. And it's already like refined salt. Yeah. So well done to them. They really mined that quickly. And <laughs> <laughs> built a wall of it. He tells us that there's no firearms of any type allowed in Palmistan. So to replace a gun, he he, uh, he gets a hatchet that can cut through metal bars. Very useful. And a Stanley knife that shoots blades once you press the, the switch. Yeah, it says if you if you found with a gun, then uh, they'll cut your head off. A bit harsh, but there you go. Seems to work. He heads into the market town, have a little look around. Oh, actually, that knife, um, it's the first time the princess speaks. Uh, it shoots out, and he says, um, I can kill a man at 20 feet. So it's not as good as a gun, really, is it, if you're further away? And um, <laughs> she says, fine piece of work. Mm. And that's the end of her dialogue. Still, well done to her. <laughs> it also looks like you have to go and retrieve the blade and put it back in there for yeah, that to yeah, be useful. Yeah, it's, it's a, one, a one-time effort, isn't it? Yeah. Same as to an arrow, though, isn't it? But then again, you've got more arrows. So unless um, you've got a like, pocket full of blades. And wouldn't that be better if it was hidden as something else, not a, a, just a normal knife? <laughs> <laughs> What's the fucking point of that? Yeah, it would. Shouldn't be it? hidden as like a leotard or something if he's going to be a codpiece. Codpiece, yeah. <laughs> His little little uh, protective cup. Yeah. With a blade in it that <laughs> shoots twenty feet <laughs> every time he goes. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, we head into the market town now in our first look at Cabot's jumper, which apparently but actually belonged to Kurt Thomas himself. Wow, that's quite a jumper. Bright it's red. Awful. With some sort of black and white stripes on it. It's fucking terrible. Uh, the bodyguard that's with John um, starts to explain that, oh, these are, there is a small amount of resentment to America here, but can't finish his comment as he's shot dead with an, <laughs> through, a, through the heart with an arrow. <laughs> yeah, he's mid-sentence, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. We never got to find out any more about why. No. Uh, it just is. There just is, and let me tell you, what? No! <laughs> we don't actually even see who fires that arrow. No. <laughs> and just Cabot just runs off after whoever it is, and yeah. there's a chase, and we don't know who he's chasing. <laughs> so, and we don't know why someone's been shot. Well, we get our first look at Cabot's newfound martial arts skill. Remember, people, he trained for 10 minutes for this. Uh, what do you think to the combination of karate and gymnastics known as Jim Carter? <laughs> It's it's so powerful that at one point he somersaults near a man and that man falls to the ground. Oh, yes. <laughs> so it's pretty powerful, isn't it? The first attack is a jumping splits into a backwards roll that pirouettes into a back kick. 
What's the first bit sound, of action? It sounds so much more beautiful, doesn't it? Yeah, when you actually have to describe it. Imagine Seagal doing that. Yes. <laughs> or his stunt double doing that. Yeah. yeah. So, despite all the uh, the flips and stuff, which obviously looks good, the actual like blows he's landing are fucking terrible. They're pretty weak, weak aren't yeah. they? Yeah. If he cut the, the flips out and just did martial arts, he'd be a lot better. But then uh, his strength is gymnastics. He does a couple of cartwheels... So he can grab a crate and smash it over a guy's head. Instead of just running to the crate, yeah. <laughs> he does two cartwheels to it. Because he's, uh, you know, all disorientated, aren't they, the bad guys? And it's like, what is, what is happening here? Yeah. Where's he? He's upside down. He's, he's back to the right. What the? Ah, oh, oh, crate. <laughs> By the time he figured it out, he's got a crate on his head. That's what I liked about Undefeatable, when the guy was, like, rolling around on the floor shooting, and the guy just shoots him dead, <laughs> the policeman. <laughs> I like that, because they're just pissing around. Like, I wished in this, and he's doing a cartwheel, and someone just kicks his fucking arms out from underneath him or something. Well, maybe if he was a bad guy doing cartwheels, they would have. Yeah, well... You can't, you can't do it to the good guy. Anyway, he, uh, he does a spinning back fist. There's a run up a wall and flip over the back. Yeah. And then elbow drop as well. We get an elbow drop. Yeah, could have done a leg drop. Couldn't he? Yeah. You got Hogan there on the sidelines just watching him. Yeah. <laughs> a big thumbs up. Yeah, rips his shirt off. Yeah. Uh, before you know it, he's taken out at least six blokes there and uh, didn't look badass at any point whatsoever. No, he didn't look like an idiot doing it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Very graceful, but uh, doesn't really look deadly. No, he heads back to see uh, the market deserted. His bodyguards are dead. The princess is kidnapped. It's all go, isn't it? Goes back to the salt mine to tell Mackle who informs him the princess has been taken to a fortified mansion owned by Zamiya's right-hand man called Tamerlane. Mm-hmm. The mansion's in a walled town, is in the walled town of Carabao, and is also a terrorist training camp. Bloody hell. There's a, a lot, lot going on there. There is a lot going on. And he says, so you just have to forget about the princess and uh, we'll organise for you to go to Palmerstown alone. And yeah. then he gives us a Rambo moment, uh, Cabot. Obviously, without being as anywhere near like Rambo, but he just says, "Just be ready for two of us, Colonel." Yeah, and he's like, what do you mean, "Colonel, I'm the stork." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cabot doesn't give a shit about that. Reminding the stork that he's a professional gymnast for God's sake. <laughs> if anyone can penetrate a fortified mansion within a walled town that also doubles as a terrorist training camp, it's a gymnast. Yeah, <laughs> you fool. Yeah, and I'll go unarmed. <laughs> yes, I'll take my hatchet. <laughs> my and this now empty knife blade. <laughs> yeah, this, this bladeless knife. knife handle. <laughs> it should be pointed out that his bodyguards actually were killed by those those hatchets yeah, by, and by the axe and everything. Yeah. yeah, so he hasn't got them anymore. So those specialized <laughs> weapons that he was going to yes. use. Yes, excellent work, Q. Yeah, they're now gone, and uh, off he fucks to save the day. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! I like when he does get there. Uh, he tries the front door. Yes. It's like, that was his plan. <laughs> yeah. His plan is, if the front door's open, I'll just go in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, quick note, Ken, did you see his run? Oh, no, I didn't, know. Oh, man. His, his, like, he's like trotting like My Little Pony just <laughs> down the, the alleyway at one point. When he sprints, he, look, he looks a bit bandy-legged, to be honest, but he's all right. But when he's like jogging, fuck me, it's bad. Um, what's he wearing at this point? Red jumper. No, oh, right, he's not not gone stealth. No, he hasn't got his <laughs> turtleneck on yet. No. <laughs> well, I thought my view. He's got his leotard. No, no he's turtleneck. Got, got his leotard on and just like chalk all over his hands, <laughs> <laughs> ready for some action. <laughs> 
Using his unstoppable Jim Carter fighting style, he easily deals with a group of terrorists guarding the exterior by running down an alley and practising his spinning and twirling on the high bar. Yeah, that somebody's mounted in an alleyway for him. <laughs> yeah. I like that uh, that was his entire plan, was to try the front door. And then as soon as he tries that, they see him and chase him. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it's like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah, well done. What a plan. Yes, but thankfully uh, somebody has positioned a uh, gymnastic bar in an alleyway in the middle of this Kurdish town or wherever the hell we are. <laughs> yeah. he <laughs> which, takes which he uses. He uses to to all of his glory. Yeah, he takes out four terrorists, kicking them in the face as they round the corner. Yes. Not only that. Stand there waiting for him to spin round again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. they've all got guns, by the way. They do, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not in Palmistan yet, so they are allowed guns. So why the stork didn't give him a couple of guns for this mission? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably end up shooting himself or something. <laughs> Whilst the cartwheeling. Yeah. Uh, he takes out four terrorists, kicks them in the face as they're around the corner. Not only that, but he also takes out an elderly man <laughs> on a bike who's just passing by. <laughs> that really made me that laugh. made me laugh, yeah. That really did make me laugh, because I thought, oh, surely he's not with them, is he? He's come from the other way, <laughs> and uh, he isn't. He isn't with them at all. He is no. just an innocent passerby who's been kicked violently in the face. <laughs> he is like Mario, just <laughs> driving past and riding past. How am I going to work? He just gets kicked off his bike. <laughs> yeah, he does uh, check if he's all right, though, doesn't he? Then just runs off. Yeah. Anyway, he gets into this unpenetrable fortress by going through a side door. Yeah, they left it open after chasing him. Yeah, that was easy yeah. for him. <laughs> Should have used that one in the first place. He's greeted on the stairs by a one-eyed uh, a guy with an axe who Cabot manages to defeat with a fire extinguisher. Uh, the guy attacks him, hits yeah. the fire extinguisher and explodes in his face. I think he just falls down the stairs or something. I think he does, yeah. He kicks two knife-wielding guys over the banister on the way further up with yeah. some special high kicks. Nice little squeal as he falls. Yeah. One-eyed man returns, starts hugging Cabot, gets the attention of Tamerlane, who's in the uh, like the study with uh, the princess, talking about his plan to overthrow the, the Khan with Zamir. He's got an AK-47 and he blindly fires it at the door. <laughs> he just shoots it straight through his own wall, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> but for some reason, even though those bullets would have like hit, hit his back, the, 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 uh, the one-eyed man just smashes through the fucking door <laughs> and falls, like, falls into Tamerlane. Must be like magnetic homing bullets, like <laughs> back into the gun yeah. <laughs> and dragging him with them. Gets shot and then flies forward from where the bullets came from. <laughs> Um, I did really enjoy that, though, when he comes smashing through the door. Yeah. Didn't expect that. Yeah, and the door just <laughs> obliterates into, like, 13 pieces. Uh, it gives him time, at least, for uh, the princess to karate chop him in the throat. He drops the AK, Cabot picks it up, and shoots him before he can grab a handgun nearby. Uh, so, like, the uh, you know, like the first level boss, done, sorted. Yeah, gymnastics played no part in that. He shot him. Yeah. Excellent training. Uh, they escape the mansion, being pursued by who I thought initially was Columbo with a machine gun. <laughs> just one more thing, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just shoot him. Shoot him. <laughs> uh, they escape through the streets, lots of narrow passageways, near miss gunfire. They are shooting those streets to pieces, aren't yeah. they, these bad guys? Just machine gunning everywhere. There's a car in pursuit, there's some drive-bys. Uh, Columbo's eventually killed by the police, yeah, ironically. Yeah, yeah, the cops show up. They shoot him in the back as he tries to run away. The car... Does being, a little flip. It's being driven. That gets flipped because it evades like an oncoming car and goes up some stone steps. Uh, Cabot gets them back to the salt mine. He's looking all pleased with himself. 
I think that what they've done there is they've come back unexpectedly and the stork is listening to some pornography on his little headphones because he's got headphones on and you can kind of just hear like moaning and then he takes them off and like closes the cupboard up so no one can see his porn stash. Yeah. That's what I thought was happening anyway. Anyway, it turns out that uh, we don't have to worry about what that was uh, because he just admits that he's double-crossed them. He's a no-good, dirty double-crosser. Yeah, he attempts a monologue as he holds the two of them at gunpoint, but it doesn't go as well as he'd hoped, as he's instantly machine-gunned through the nearest wall. (laughs) (laughs) He goes smashing through a glass door. It's Spotswood, come to save the day. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he shoots a couple more, (laughs) just just in case. Yeah. (laughs) And then says, we leave in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Cabot, suck my cock. (laughs) Just kidding. Finally, Cabot and the princess use a raft to float down the river into the Palm... Into... What's what's it called? Palmistan. Palmistan. Where they are immediately seized by the ninjas on horseback. That's because the ninjas have got stealth on their side. These two are in, like, neon orange life jackets (laughs) in a bright yellow dinghy. Yeah. (laughs) They're the only people on the river. Yeah. Yes, well done. Stealth yet again. (laughs) They have a little bit of a fight, but Cabot is is knocked out. (laughs) It's fucking ten of them. Yeah. What an idiot. Your gymnastic skills are good, but no match for ten ninjas. Yeah, it's a little wake-up call for him there. Yeah. Speaking of which, he now wakes up. He does, and he's in uh, the King's Palace and is being attended to by the female Paul Bearer from the wrestling. <laughs> As a mere, he looks to have appeared from behind the bedroom curtains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing one of them. <laughs> yes, he is. He greets him as he wakes up and welcomes him to the country, tells him he will meet the Khan tomorrow, who will explain the rules of the game. Then a banquet, followed by some disco dancing... <laughs> <laughs> Where am I? Where's the Princess Rabali? What's going on? You'll get no answer. She has no tongue. Who are you? Commander Zamir, advisor to the Khan. You sent me here to welcome you to our country. I already had that. When do I meet the Khan? Tomorrow. The Khan will be presiding over an explanation of the game. Afterwards, a banquet. The next day... You will play. Uh, Cabot asks where the princess is, and Zamir tells him she's back with her father. He tells Zamir thanks and goes back to being molested in bed by Paul Bearer. <laughs> and then we cut to Mel Brooks. Yes, here he is. <laughs> yeah, Mel Brooks in a wig. And he he's, he's shown him the course, right? He's got the course of the game. And uh, so so like taken with the game, is he, that he's built a little model. Yeah. Of the game, hasn't he? He's built a little model of the course. Yeah. Or somebody has, probably the royal model maker. Yeah, I think so. It was yeah. me. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yes. <laughs> Benny Hill. And Cab- <laughs> made him this. Yeah. Cabot is delighted until he finds out that it's not to scale. Uh, it's, uh, it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's a representation. Yeah, he thought it was just it was easy. I can just step over that. Or maybe cartwheel. <laughs> yeah, he was never going to step, was he? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here's Walter Matthau or <laughs> Mel Brooks. Yeah, I think they're stunt doubling each other. Yes, to explain the rules of the game. Take it away, Walter. The first challenge is a three-mile run across the swamp to the second obstacle, a 200-foot rope climb. From there, it is but a half-mile to the gorge. 
The fourth part is to enter the river that will lead you, dead or alive, to the high forest. If successful, you will enter the village of the damned. Surviving this, there is the final five-mile run through the swamp again. It is not all at great risk. It is also a test of endurance, as you will see. And remember, instinct must carry you as well. This is obvious here, but on land itself, it might be easy to get lost. Take a wrong turn. There will be judges to show the way. There can be no mistakes. Anyone trying to avoid an obstacle will be instantly killed. If you'll excuse me now, gentlemen, I must go play king for my people. So the first challenge, it's a three-mile run across a swamp. That seems easy enough. Not much gymnastic skills needed for that. No, there wouldn't be, no. You'd be running, wouldn't it? Yes. Endurance. Cardio. Yes. The second, 200-foot rope climb. Mm. Not overly gymnastic, but I suppose, you know, it would come in handy, I guess. Yeah, there's no rope bit climbing in... Bit in of the, strength, though. In gymnastics, is there? Rope, rope climbing? climbing in any of the Olympic Games, is there? It's exactly. not an Olympic yeah. sport. Yeah, it's not like all of them are Olympians. <laughs> One guy's a fencer. <laughs> the other guy's a basketball player. <laughs> you mean a carpenter? That's him. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like, you know... You've only just begun. <laughs> I imagine, like, you know, climbing ropes and shit is like stuff you have to do you in... do at school. Yeah. Yes, gym stuff class. Stuff you have to do in, like, army training and shit. Still, we've sent a gymnast. What's next? Half a mile sprint to the gorge where you may be killed by point-blank arrow to the chest. <laughs> Fourth part is to enter the river with that will lead you, dead or alive, to the high forest. I like when he said dead or alive, because I actually thought, what do you mean? It will lead you there dead, is it? But yeah. Of course it would, though. The current would probably yeah. take you there. The king finishes by saying, and if successful, you soggy sons of bitches, I'll enter the village of the damned. Ooh. Uh, not the movie with the scary kids, I should point out. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. We'll look across over there. That would have been good. That would. And if you get through Midwich, then it's a simple five-mile run back through the swamp. Yeah. Doesn't sound like over... I've come, no one's completed that in 900 years. Because <laughs> they've never sent an Olympic gymnast, That's true, they? yeah. Although they could have. Yeah. 900 years, that's ample time to be sending a gymnast out there. Yeah. Unless he's taken 900 years to have trained. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be ridiculous if that's the case. So as you see, Ken, long distance endurance running, rope climbing and watching a popular 60s horror film couldn't possibly be done by a highly trained soldier or an endurance athlete. Gymnast. Yeah. Get me the best gymnast you've got. Get so, me Cabot. I want Cabot right now. King Brooks tells them there will be judges to show them the way, so they won't get lost. But if they do, or they try to go around an obstacle, they will be instantly killed. <laughs> Harsh, but at least he's laying the rules out there. Yeah. And we get our first look at the other players of the game who have now also arrived. Uh, I'm not sure any of the other countries is taking this that seriously, to be honest. <laughs> One guy looks like Eric Estrada. There he is. <laughs> the guy. I just don't know why anyone's sending anybody to do it all at the same time. Yeah, it's not. It's not the Olympics, yeah. is it? Two of the guys look at least fifty years old. <laughs> yeah. They look very similar, and they're both in their fifties. They do look very similar, yeah. But thankfully, one's in bright red and one's in bright blue, so yeah. <laughs> we get to tell the difference. And then you've got like an Asian bloke. Yeah, yeah. He looks like he's a martial artist. 
And there's one guy yet to arrive. But Cabot seems to be a big fan. And I was thinking, like, have I missed a scene where that's explained? Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought they all knew each other, but maybe they do. Maybe they're all gymnasts. Maybe all the countries have thought, America's sending a gymnast. Get me. (laughs) He's just some guy with a bloody ribbon on a string. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a stick with a ribbon on it doing bloody dancing. (laughs) Uh, While waiting for the games to start, we see uh, the main contestants are on horseback. Uh, The king tells his people there will be three criminals that will play the game before them. And they're playing for their lives. Their very lives. Everyone cheers, of course. Uh, The prisoners are cut loose and off they go on foot. Did you see that when they ride off on horses, uh, somebody runs, they run over a man? Yes. That's not supposed to have happened, is it? That's where, yeah, that's... um, That's just somebody got in the way of the horses. Yeah, I think that's like the second time they go on horses, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Zamir, isn't it, that fucking knocks a man to the ground? I don't know who it was. It was quite a distance, but somebody, yeah, somebody who's just too close and gets knocked to the floor by a horse. Yeah, Zamir's horse hits the guy, he falls over, and then the 50-year-old nearly fucking tramples him with his horse. (laughs) It's not supposed to have happened. Yeah. What's he doing there, the idiot? You got lots of ninjas on horseback. Ninjas running through cornfields, ninjas running through the forest. This tiny country is 50% ninja. <laughs> Ninjas up the wazoo. I would like to see a film called 50% Ninja. Yeah, he's just like... He's just like, yeah, he does the Tommy Cooper, where he's just like half of him's dressed as a ninja and the other half's got a suit on. He goes to work. <laughs> what, what would be good is like from the waist down... He's ninja. And the waist up, it's Rick Moranis. <laughs> his, his legs are like kicking and like, and he's just there like, Wah! in a, a splicing experiment. <laughs> Honey, I've spliced the ninja. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. Cabot and the rest of the main contestants follow along on horseback. The first prisoner stumbles over and is instantly killed with a spear before yeah, he, he can get up. He's, in the, uh, he's still in the swamp, isn't he? He's failed the part one. Yeah. yeah. He says, um, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's Cabot, isn't he? He's just like, he goes to help him. And he says, and somebody stops him, one of the 50-year-old, his, his uncle or something, stops him. And he says, he'll be killed. And he says, so will you if you interfere. Yeah. Although how he knows that and Cabot doesn't, I don't know. He's just turned up to play as well. You know, there's like Italians that sit outside uh, eating deli meat in tracksuits in America. <laughs> and they look like them kind of guys. Like, I'm walking here. <laughs> Forget about here. <laughs> like Chandler. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it. Joey. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's him, Joey. Yeah, it's Joey Tribbiani again. How are you even doing this? <laughs> <laughs> that was his famous saying, yeah, wasn't it? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Big fans. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he, he is <laughs> the, the criminal is caught uh, and he is killed. So you know that's one down. The second prisoner is killed climbing the two hundred foot rope. Yeah, which uh, seems to be unnecessary, and uh, it's f- totally for no reason at all. He's just trying to complete the, the task, and he's shot by a ninja with an arrow. Yeah, uh, Zamir is angry at this and orders another ninja to kill that ninja that shot him. Yeah. And he but tells Cabot the ninja broke the rules. I thought what would happen, right? Because he falls, doesn't he? He falls down, and uh, the ninja who shot him, like, sort of picks him up. And he says, uh, and uh, Zamir says, kill him. 
And I thought he meant kill the person who's just fallen. <laughs> yes, and the ninja, yeah, and the ninja had accidentally <laughs> shot his his colleague. Yeah. And I actually thought that was an error on that ninja's part. Yeah. He was going to kill that ninja for killing the other ninja. But it turns out that is in fact what he wanted him to do. So yes. yeah, yeah, it was a little confusion abound watching this. I say because if the actual thing is that you get to shoot arrows as they climb a two hundred foot rope, <laughs> it's no wonder no one's ever completed it. <laughs> Because there's no way you could even get out of the way. You're just no. on a fucking rope. Unless you were a gymnast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Started doing spins like a circus performer. Yeah. He says he broke the rules and he should have waited until he got to the top or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Soon, as soon as he's not doing a task, I think you're allowed to kill him. Yeah. I think is basically what he said. But right. he, he was ju- it was during the task. So, you know, that's not allowed. Which kind of contradicts what he did at, right at the beginning. Yeah. When he was on the gorge, when he was yeah. crossing the gorge, because that seemed to be like he was still doing that task. Yes. Anyway, you know, it's Zamir. Does his own shit. Yeah, he makes the rules, so he can break the rules. Uh, the last prisoner is onto the, the cliffhanger across the gorge test, and a ninja starts after him on the rope next to him, and Zamir tells Kaba that if he can catch up with him, the ninja can attempt to kill the prisoner. It uh, seems like he is just making this up as we go along. Yeah. The ninja shoots uh, the last prisoner in the armpit with an arrow and he drops down like Mr. Big Business from the bees onto the rocks below. <laughs> yeah, he just smashes onto the rocks. I'm sure when he lands as well, he just goes... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little noise there as he just uh, hits, the, hits the deck. Kappa is disgusted by all this and uh, then goes for a lovely banquet. Yeah, yeah but still, there's a banquet. How gross! Now, Ken, is this a party or what? <laughs> we got suckling roast pig on the spit. Oh, yes. Boiled goose. <laughs> <laughs> There's two men on horseback trying to put a small net on each other's heads. <laughs> it's, all, it's an You've absolute... Explain that beautifully, Ken. Really <laughs> it, captured it. It's, it's the stuff of dreams. There's court jesters banging symbols together. Yes, that would be entertaining, wouldn't it? Yeah. There's Eric Estrada around the house kicking the jester symbols (laughs) for some reason. There he is. (laughs) Uh, And a bloke putting massive needles in his own face. Good. There's even a man playing... (laughs) Similar to what I was doing at (laughs) this point. (laughs) There's even a man playing hoopaloo with the wind. (laughs) Again, similar to what I did after this. Uh, Cabot and the rest of the contestants are sitting at the big banqueting table in their bathrobes. Uh, at one end, you've got the princess sitting alongside Zamir, who has his bathrobe open, so you can see his chest. Because you're muscular. But the princess only has eyes for Cabot, who looks like he's drinking wine for the first time in his life. Yeah, with another stupid little grin on his face, that's, like a kid. That's where the straw is. It's like, I want a juice box. <laughs> Forget about it, says the guy <laughs> next to him. And gives him a hot dog. Hey, how are you doing in yourself? <laughs> That time when he was really, like, thoughtful yeah, to other people. Studying philosophy, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cabot <laughs> uh, asks the king about his father, Colonel Cabot, who competed in the games previously, to which the king tells him he was an amazing competitor, worthy to sit at any table of champions. But he's dead. <laughs> yeah, but he lost, so, you know, not this time. And the king's got another announcement. He's full of them. He announces the wedding of his daughter, Princess Rubali which will take place tomorrow following the games. And he says that the lucky groom 
is his closest aide, Commander Zamir. Jesus Christ. Everyone cheers, and then we get the entrance of my favourite character of the film. There's another cheer. Another cheer goes up. Yeah? Yes, not just cheering the wedding, because obviously, you know, Cabot's a bit upset about the wedding, the princess not so happy. Zamir, proud as punch. Yeah, but another cheer goes up, and here he comes. Yeah. Red silk bandana and a black silk bathrobe. Looks like a cross between Hugh Hefner and John Rambo. <laughs> it's Thorg. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> Cabot mentioned earlier, hoping he would turn up. We've, of course, no idea who the bloody hell Thorg yeah. is, and it's never explained as to who he is, where he's from, or anything. I just read my next note, which is, uh, did he get mentioned before I didn't write it down? How does Cabot know of him? Well, he does know of him, and he says to him, Thorg, Thorg, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Cabot. <laughs> he, says, he says, I've admired you since Munich. And Thorg looks at him like he was a piece of shit. Yeah. And then just looks away and walks off. Thorg's looking at him wondering, why have they let Corey Hain from the Lost Boys in here? <laughs> Better than Feldman. <laughs> want him in there. As Zamir catches the princess and Cabot uh, with googly eyes at each other <laughs> and uh, strips off his robe in anger. He does what any man should have to do, you know. It's just like <laughs> To prove his yeah, masculinity. You've got no choice, but you have to take off your top to show your muscles, take out some blades and humiliate the other man. He's so angry he takes out two sighs from betwixt his own buttocks, it looks like. And starts twirling them around his hands really fast. Yeah, because if you show martial arts prowess, you will win the heart of the lady of your dreams. I can't tell you, Ken, the amount of times I've seen men showing martial arts prowess and getting the ladies. <laughs> exactly. It worked for me on yeah. more than one occasion. It also helped as you had snap playing in, in the background. <laughs> I got the power. Size, for anyone wondering, are Michelangelo's weapons in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a long, thin blade in the middle with two curved, smaller blades either side above the handle. Like, perhaps, um, a gardening tool. Yes. Yes, like a little fork. Yes. Yeah. But a bit cooler. <laughs> a bit cooler, yeah, but I thought of all of the weapons, it looked cool, but was pretty pointless. Considering like, the Ninja Turtles had, like, swords. <laughs> yeah. Leonardo's you know, got swords. got, got swords. He, he, he had a staff, didn't he? One of them had a staff. Raphael? I don't know. I know Raphael had the um, size, didn't he? I thought Michelangelo... Oh, was it Raphael? I think Michelangelo had a, had a stick. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think Raphael oh, no, got those. Who had nunchucks? No one. Nobody, they were banned. Right, that's true. What did Donatello have? Um, syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Fuck, Michelangelo uses the nunchucks. He does. So it's, it's what, staff, nunchucks, swords. Raphael does use the size. Well, I knew he did. Yeah. Did, who, who was your favourite Ninja Turtle? Did you have one? Did you watch it? The old cartoon? The cartoon, yeah. Um, I don't know. It used to be like Michelangelo was everyone's favourite, wasn't it? Because Michelangelo, he was like the... Surfer dude. Yeah, he was the the, the dude one, wasn't he? I, was a, I liked Raphael. I liked Raphael. Yeah, yeah Raphael was, was my like guy. It. Yeah. And I liked him in the films as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Raphael. Who was the leader of the Turtles? Donatello? I don't know. Splinter, I guess, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, but of the turtles, you know. Like the leader. There's one who was always like the most serious of them all. Probably Donatello. He was like the the bookworm, wasn't he? We should do the Ninja Turtles film. I ain't got time for that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Zamiri throws them and uh, they stick into a fur pelt next to Cabot, who shows no reaction to it, being a gymnast. Yeah, he's got a like uh, ice running through his veins. Yeah, you know, gymnasts have to deal with that sort of shit all the time, so Zamir looks like a really like buff version of Paulie Shaw in the face in that one scene <laughs> that you think when he's looking at him. It's like fucking super Paulie Shaw. Yeah, like he's just like hulked up. Yeah. He has to go over and retrieve his weapons from the wall, at which point he tells Cabot that the princess is his. I like the fact that it gets no reaction and he has to go over and take them out of the wall. Yeah, because he's like, shit, I'm going to need those. <laughs> yeah. A cabot tells him it's not over yet, so put your hardware back in your pants. Yeah. Oof. With all this in mind, we head off to start the games. Let the game begin. Got a special shout-out again to an Asian guy in a Peach Day Glow onesie. That's you know this is what they're this is what they're all choosing to dress in for the that they all look like they're extras from the call on me video for some reason <laughs> the sixty year old contestants one of them's in a baby blue uh, shell suit yeah eating pastrami uh, Eric Estrada who's also in a shell suit has opted for the color lemon he's in a <laughs> lemon shell he's, suit he's uh, wearing his chips outfit yeah. The other guy is also in a shell suit. I want to say red. Yeah. It should also be pointed out that Cabot is at least a foot shorter than the second shortest contestant <laughs> in this whole fucking thing. He looks like a child next to all the other guys. Yeah, that's the uh, lads v dads. <laughs> <laughs> it's the uh, yeah the three legged race. And last but not least, I've had to save him. Thorg, who's wearing possibly my favourite combination of clothes I've ever seen in film. <laughs> He's got a red silk headband on, like before. Silver metal wrist protector things, like someone out of Flash Gordon. Horse riding jodpers. Viking style animal skin boots. And a powder blue golfing sweater vest. <laughs> on top of a, a golfing sweater itself. I tell you what, for, um, for speed and endurance, he really looks built for this, doesn't <laughs> he, Thor? Get out. He's like a barrel. It's like a barrel Thorg. with legs. The guy who plays Thorg's been in uh, quite a few of these terrible films. Yeah. So he's not sure if he's going um, horse riding, he's golfing. He's ready for anything, <laughs> isn't he, Thorg? Yeah. <laughs> he's literally ready for any events that could happen. Horse riding, golfing, conquering a planet or raiding well, a village. Let's not forget that Thorg wasn't there to look at the model. Was he? That's he true. arrived afterwards. He doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so I'm he getting prepared know, for... Yeah, he doesn't know what he's facing, so he's ready in, he case, thought... in case it's like 18 holes of golf. It's <laughs> yeah. part of it. Then raping and pillaging. <laughs> Doing a bit of that afterwards. And horse riding. Yeah, so you never know, do you? Are you ready for the game? Not only will we play the most important game in our history, we will also have a royal wedding. In the ancient tradition of Paristan, let the game begin! 
Tablet starts as he means to go on by falling over instantly. <laughs> falling over immediately. Yeah. Getting kicked in the face. Yeah, Thorg starts as he means to go on by kicking him in the face <laughs> <laughs> on his way past. <laughs> Which I did enjoy. We find out that Zamir won't play fair and constantly breaks the rules of the game in order to kill Cabot. Yeah. The king himself says this out loud as he's being held at knife point, watching Zamir leave on his horse. Yeah, because he's gone before he's allowed to. Yeah. Yes, he hasn't said uh, gladiator's ready yet, has he? No. As the umpire. Three, two... I'll go on my second whistle. It looks like the ninjas have turned on the king and joined Zamir. Just as we thought. Uh, all the contestants make it to the second obstacle. It's the 200-foot rope climb. So they've done the... They've probably done the, the most. Run. The, the run's probably the hardest part. Well, maybe this five, bit is. But, five miles, was it? Yeah, uh, three miles through a swamp. Through a swamp. Cabot has an unusual rope climbing style. Did you see the way he climbs yeah, a rope? it's a gymnast. That's how you do it if you're a gymnast. Legs are spread as far apart as, as he can possibly do it. Yeah, it's gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> One of the old man, old man contestants takes two arrows to the back and falls to his death. Uh, although it's, if it's Cabot, like specifically thereafter, why don't they just shoot him? Like, I'm there not and sure. then, why don't they just as soon as they get out of the courtyard and they're in the swamp? Why don't they? Yeah, why don't they just murder him? Like he's halfway up the rope when they turn up, and he decides instead to do the home alone. Let's burn the rope. Yes, uh, Cabot makes it to the top just as his rope is engulfed in flames. I like uh, I like this ninja now at the top of the ropes. Yeah. He's just standing there staring blankly in front of him. And he says, um, <laughs> he says, they broke the rules. They broke the rules. Kill them. And tries to get the ninja to shoot his own boss, <laughs> 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 which the ninja doesn't do, shockingly. No. no, he just stares blankly and he goes, damn it. <laughs> So, no interaction from the ninja at all. He's <laughs> just shouting in his face. Trying Another to convince, great plan. Trying to convince him to murder the person who pays his own wages and looks after him. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him. Yeah, but he doesn't. Damn it. <laughs> like, that was my only hope I had. <laughs> they start running through the forest now. And you know what this forest reminded me of? Princess Bride. No, I put... Uh... I wonder if the McNamara brothers are on holiday around here. <laughs> Those horny old wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Could sure do with their help yeah, at this just point. they jump out in their little swimming pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little shorts. And howl. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the guy who I thought got killed earlier on the rope bit looks to be back now with a sore leg, and it's just the other, like, 50-year-old, but they look exactly the same. He's limping along. Eric Estrada runs past him, telling him to hurry up. Uh, the ninjas appear on foot and throw a spear through the old man, killing him. Yep, straight through him. I like how the ninjas on foot are always ahead of the ones on horseback. <laughs> like, they watch them go up the ropes and they all were like, quick, let's get to the top. So they left That's on horses. Have you ever tried to climb a rope with a horse? Well, twice. <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're telling me. Yeah. It doesn't help. Especially either, when the rope's horse. on fire. <laughs> yeah, that horse doesn't help much. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's rubbish. I just usually get him to just jump up. Ali up <laughs> the 200 foot cliff. Yeah. Ali <laughs> up. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. We're on to the cliffhanger rope bit. You've got Asian Dayglow, which is what I call him for the rest of the film, and Thorg. They get across at super speed. Like you don't even see them attempt it, they're just across. But unfortunately, the last old guy in the blue shell suit gets clubbed in the head as he reaches the other side <laughs> and falls into the gorge and dies the big business way. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> As he hits the deck. <laughs> I did put, I wish the other mannequin body was still down there. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Cabot gets there, shows off uh, with some twirls for some reason, doing nothing but slowing himself That's down. what he does. He's literally just twirling around the rope. You're like, just get across the fucking gorge, yeah, just, man. just do it. Zamir arrives and tries the dick dastardly approach again and starts soaring away at the rope as he's crossing. Cabot holds on as it cuts away and he climbs up the rock. Slow-mo swing and a miss. Yeah, it's the ninja, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he kicks him off a cliff. The ninja, he falls down, lands on top of all the other four corpses. <laughs> yeah. You still see him because the corpses are that piled that high now. I'm he sad actually, we didn't only, see only, it fall. only falls about like three foot. Yeah, it'd be great if we'd have watched him fall again. It's like the third <laughs> time we've watched a mannequin fall down that gorge. I love that sword he uses as well. That's like a sword from like Aladdin, the Disney film. Yeah, it's like it's, it's big, massive. Massive big scimitar, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great stuff. Uh, Asian Dayglow and Thorg, they uh, get into a fight in the woods. His strikes have no th- effect on Thorg, and Thorg ends up beating him to death in the woods yeah, and strangling him. strangles him and dead. Cabot arrives, sees the dead body, and sees Thorg climbing up a nearby hill, gives chase, and soon finds himself face-to-face with the best-dressed man in the film. <laughs> <laughs> Thorg tells him, uh, this is the finish line for you, Cabot. Uh, and Cabot hides behind a tree and kicks him a bit. <laughs> Yeah. Thankfully, the ninjas turn up and shoot an arrow into Thorg. Not not before the uh, he hears the wise words of his eagle-carrying mentor, who tells him, <laughs> <laughs> How quiet an axe is when he cuts through wood. And Cabot thinks about this and uh, jumps out of the way of an arrow that kills Thorg, or shoots Thorg in the chest, and Thorg goes roly-polying down the hill. I don't know what the fuck that had to do with anything. Yeah, because it's not an axe. What does he even mean? He means, look out, there's an arrow. If he'd have shouted, <laughs> look out, that'd have been more helpful, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or like, duck. Look, it's not the martial arts training that he harkens back to. It's it's the chopping wood training <laughs> that he is the, not apt to use at all. It's the ridiculous, yeah. And Mind then, you. And then he, uh, then he gets on his hands and walks upside down all the way up the hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Takes fucking ages. Yeah. Mind you, if I'm, think, if I'm remembering one thing from that training, it's that big fucking eagle to <laughs> Yeah, it honest, is, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But that's, imagine that is what he just like thinks back to. He just like looks into the air and just thinks... Why did he have a fucking yeah. eagle? Look at the size of that fucking eagle. Yeah, and as he's thinking that, he slips, and the arrow just w- misses him straight into Thorg. <laughs> yeah, and Thorg just rolls down the hill like a twat. <laughs> he looks so stupid in his fucking golf jumper, just rolling down the hill, <laughs> and his fucking hat flies off. Calvert <laughs> escapes the forest under a torrent of arrow fire. Uh, screams out for Eric Estrada, as we often do on this podcast. He does. But no sign of him. Uh, on to the village of the damned. We've got a fun quote from Kurt Thomas, the actor himself. He says, The town of crazies were actually crazy people from a local insane asylum. Really? Yeah. He said, We provided them with alcohol and a buffet for their time, but the people that he kicked were stuntmen. Why didn't they just get, like, actors? Fuck knows. Why did they have to bring in actual, crazy people? Actual people well, Because from nobody can asylums. act anymore. Nobody yeah. could act back then. To be honest, I thought most of the cast were from there as well. <laughs> it's only Richard Norton yeah. and Thor that I've ever seen in anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cabot is the only player left in the game when he finds Eric Estrada. There he is. <laughs> he's looking like Uncle Frank. <laughs> he looks like he's just fallen off his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. He's looking like Uncle Frank at the end of Hellraiser with all the hooks in him. <laughs> only they've used wooden stakes instead. <laughs> Uh, Cabot is swarmed, holds on. He, he holds his own pretty well. We see Thorg, he turns back up. 
There's a bloke with a face on the back of his own head. Yeah, there's a there's a goat. Yeah. There's a laughing man. There's someone else sharpening a scythe. There's like a, a monk beckoning him into the chapel that he ignores. Well, he he does go towards him, but uh, then the monk turns around to open the door, and he's got no no back to his robes. He's just got his ass out. Yeah, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, this whole village of the damned bit. It's actually I good, really yeah. like this. I bet this was the bit that was in the book. Yeah, I really enjoyed this bit. I just thought this is actually good. You know what? This would be a good film just on its own. I was thinking this would be a good like horror film to have. They do. They do similar things to this though in some of the old Italian films yeah like they did it in um anthropophagus the beast and stuff like that mm. where they just go to an island and it's deserted yeah um was that the other one uh who could kill a child where it's just kids there mm. that's that's a weird film as well and of course island of death but uh i don't think we're allowed to mention what happens in that one <laughs> <laughs> that poor goat <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there's quite a few back back in the old like in the seventies, the Italian exploitation stuff and all that, when they went to Greek islands and stuff, and just they were allowed to do whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah, yeah, there's some there's some good atmospheric stuff in those films, but I think this this actually captures it quite well. It's all like a, like a hazy sort of grey hue to the camera as well, isn't it? Yeah, I expect to see Donald Sutherland running around screaming at people, <laughs> just pointing at people. Yeah. It's very like tight and claustrophobic. I really like yeah. the setting. Yeah, I thought it was good. Yeah, it's got no place in this film whatsoever. No. It's a great. It's just it's so random. Like the first bit is running, the second bit is climbing a rope, and then you have to go through a town of mental patients. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I like the fact that they've like who's brought that goat? Who feeds the goat? I was gonna say I like the fact that they can keep livestock. There's yeah. pigs and all sorts of and shit. In clearly, there. they're eating something, so yeah. they must be like self-sufficient. Anyway, yes, is it, there is a guy with a, a face on the back of his head. What's mm-hmm. the point of that? Fucking hell, he pretends he's a statue. Yeah, but then he turns around yeah. and, then, and attacks him. Yeah. So what's the point of having a face on the back of his head? It's so that when he gets punched out and he slides down the wall... It looks pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cool visual. <laughs> so if I'm going to get knocked out, at least I'm going to look cool doing it. Yeah, so he kicks the shit out of that guy. Uh, Cabot is... Um, like chased around for a bit. He's about to be killed by the villagers, but luckily you get the um, it's a, the, the lepers from Jesus Christ Superstar turn up as well, don't they? Oh yeah, yeah, they turn up trying to claw at him, trying to see his legs. <laughs> he can hardly stand. I can hardly vault. <laughs> see my horse. I can hardly vault. <laughs> yeah, he sings. <laughs> uh, Cabot is. He's about to be killed, but luckily Thorg wanders in and uh, gets stabbed to death by them with pitchforks and probably eaten by the pigs. Yes, yeah, because we're in a pig pen now, aren't we? Yeah, they've all got a load of pigs as well that yeah. they somehow look after. Our heroes chase back into the town square and are surrounded, but uh, Ken, they didn't count on two things. Name them. Well, the first one is that their village has a sculpture in the middle of it, which just so happens to look exactly and has the exact dimensions and handles. As a pommel horse. Yeah, that's because they may be crazy, but they do like to do some gymnastics every now and then. And our hero uses it to devastating effect. <laughs> it's incredibly fortunate. <laughs> Equally as fortunate is that uh, everyone just waits for him to stop spinning around the other side before they attack him. Yeah, it's, it's good that they like wait and attack him one at a time. He beats everybody up at least twice. Yeah. Because they get back up again for another go. It lasts quite a keep, long time, doesn't it? It does, yeah. I mean, it is impressive. 
And I suppose it would hurt if he caught you with one of those legs, but you'd just stop doing it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or maybe like, attack him from both sides. Yeah, all four sides. Get, just get him off the fucking horse and he's done. Yeah. But no, they don't. Just one of those massive sighs you've got into his fucking arm <laughs> that's holding him up. <laughs> yeah, throw a pig at him. That's one option. Yeah, <laughs> throw exactly. Throw at him. And number two, Ken. Cabot receiving backup in the form of a ninja. Yes, yes, because uh, they, they, um, he escapes after he's beaten everybody up three or four times. He escapes in slow motion. Um, fortunately, they also chase in slow motion, so they don't just catch him up straight away. <laughs> it's like, you idiots. Uh, yeah, and he, he sort of like, he again uses his gymnastic skills. He does. By scaling a wall in, <laughs> in a way only gymnasts can. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a ninja appears above him. Richard think, why is it? How's he got up there? We don't know, but he has. And uh, you think it's all over for the hero, but the ninja lowers his hand offers it and he takes it and at this point i thought he was going to just like drop him don't trust anyone that was the lesson we learned yeah. earlier but no except a ninja who's like a been bad guy right from the beginning you do trust him the ninja says my hand <laughs> and it falls off it's one of those rubber ones yeah like a, uh-huh. like batman <laughs> jack nicholson yeah he's got him again <laughs> what are you laughing at um it turns out that this ninja is Colonel Cabot. What? It's Dad. Colonel Cabot hits us with some great dialogue between he him does. and his son. He does. And do you know, uh, when you were saying all that at the beginning, I didn't get any of that. I didn't know it was his dad until this bit. I didn't know any of it. It's uh, it's Zamir says Cabot, yeah. and then he didn't, says Cabot early later. Didn't get it. In fact, I think like um, Spotswood's like second line is telling him about his dad. Yeah, no, I was I don't know. I didn't <laughs> yeah. get any of that. I was I was already tuned out, and that was the first five minutes. Dad, my God, I knew you'd get here, Jonathan. I don't know what's real anymore. It's true enough. It was a nightmare in hell. Come on, we can drop over the wall from here. Come on. Nightmare in hell. That's the worst place that. to have a nightmare, isn't it? I love that sentence. Yeah, it it was a nightmare in hell. It is. A brief cut to the princess trying to convince her dad that Zamir's trying to stage a coup. Giving some home truths. You know, he's still there going, no, 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 no. Everything's fine. He works for me. And for some reason, the king doesn't believe her, despite being held at knife point earlier and disregarded says, by yeah, Zamir. They're not protecting you. They're holding you prisoner. Yeah, in your own fucking castle. In your own massive mansion. Uh, his father, anyway, we cut back to the cabot. <laughs> he also says, uh, Zamir is against you. The Americans are only chance, and I will help him in any way I can. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you see, she also recognises the value of a gymnast. Yes. <laughs> Whereas her father doesn't yet. Cut back to the Cabot. Uh, his father is explaining that while playing yeah, the game... senior. Yeah. yeah. That while playing the game, he fell and disabled his arm. Uh, because the trees broke his fall. Although, of course, someone else has fallen from that gorge and there are no trees down there, are there? No. No, there's just rocks and death. Yes. <laughs> but still, yeah. He landed on another another body. <laughs> he landed on 12 a, of a, them. a pile of 18 other bodies yeah. and bounced off. And he was allowed to live to be used as diplomatic bait, he says. 
<laughs> I think they say that in uh, Lethal Weapon 2, don't they? <laughs> Diplomatic bait, Mr. Riggs. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, as the two are catching up, shooting the shit, there's a, why can't we be friends? <laughs> Do you know, it always happens because uh, he says, I missed you, Dad. And his dad's instantly shot with an arrow. <laughs> yeah. It's Zamir. He fires an arrow it is. into Cabot's dad's shoulder. And in a hushed voice, he tells Cabot, Win this race. Win, Johnny. <laughs> Win a Johnny. <laughs> Where a Johnny. Which reminds me of the bad movie called uh, <laughs> Weekly Competition. <laughs> I missed you, Dad. It's so great to see you. You'll never know. When Cabot chases a ninja up the hill. <laughs> and We've him. all done it. <laughs> attacks him, steals his horse, and before he races off. No, sorry, yeah, steals a horse, races off, and he's chased by Zamir's, and he's like, has he got about five or six ninjas on horseback with him? He's also able to make his horse jump the gorge and gets away, and it's only Zamir that yeah. follows him. The yeah, because like... the other horses refuse, don't they? Yeah. Of course, this is a real horse that uh, Cabot's on. It's not a pommel horse. That would have been a very short chase. <laughs> <laughs> just on it going, yeah! <laughs> yeah, and it's just made of stone. <laughs> uh, seeing that Zamir won't let him escape, Cabot decides to take him on. Mano a mano. And we get a fight scene. About time. Cabot's Jim Carter skills allow him to defeat Zamir by doing a... <laughs> Zamir's got a sword, right? Yeah. Cabot picks up a stick. Yeah. We get a slow motion <laughs> uh, sword breaking stick bit, don't we? Of course we? it does. It's the Jim Carter, Ken. It's too powerful. He is. He's beaten by Jim Carter, is what I've written down. By doing a standing jump from behind Zamir onto his shoulders like a cheerleader would do. <laughs> they both fall to the ground and using his big legs... He can break his neck, no problem. He deserved better than that, Richard Norton. He did. He, he really hardly did. even puts a fight. Honestly, up a fight, he really. really, really did. They're all around in the fucking leaves for a bit, like they're on a date. <laughs> One of them's dead. <laughs> yeah. And then he snaps Zamir's neck and kills him. Yeah, that is awful, really. And like at one point, uh, Zamir's like, "Die, you bastard!" And keeps calling him a bastard. Meanwhile, Princess Rubali finally convinces the king that Zamir is plotting to overthrow the monarchy. Yeah, so he immediately attacks his own guards. With a sword. Yeah. <laughs> like the what fucking sword from the stone, this one. Like, fair enough, then. About 12 foot long, this sword. <laughs> and with the combination of sword and um, the princess with her like, little shit kicks that she's got going on, uh, they manage to kill the three guards that are guarding them. They get outside and I they... I like the fact that she said she was off. She was already... She was going to go and help him as all she could. And yet she still stood still. She's <laughs> yeah. still in the same place she was a minute ago. Yeah. It's like 20 minutes has passed and she <laughs> hasn't left yet. Uh, they get out into the open and they tell the citizens of Palmerstan to rise up and seize... Uh... Yes, they are traitors. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a riot. Yeah, the crowd, they take down Zamir's army. Someone cries out that uh, there's a... A contender approaching on horseback, approaching the finishing line. Uh, they all rush to see who made it. Princess Rubali starts 
fucking fingering herself. Yeah, they all start cheering. Yeah, she does that, yeah. <laughs> because it's Cabot. He's riding in on a horse, leading his uh, father, who's uh, still alive, just over another horse. She she runs to Cabot, uh, Junior, and uh, she gets on the horse as well, just like, just like sits in front of him on the saddle. And... Um, like everyone cheers, and I'm thinking, you've done fucking nothing. You don't get the plaudits of this. Get out of this scene. He's done all this, right? He should be the one that they can all see, the one that they're all cheering. And she just goes and gets right involved, doesn't she? Sitting there like she's responsible for it all. Piss me off, that is. Really did. Fortunately, because it's Cabot Jr. that crosses the finish line first, they have to kill the dad and behead him. <laughs> but uh, we don't see that. What we do see is a caption... Yes. As if this is like a real fucking thing that happened. Like this is like something you get on the end of a like a documentary or like a biography film. It says in nineteen eighty five the first early warning Earth station was placed in Palmistan for the US Star Wars defence programme. And that's the end of the film. God bless Kurt Thomas, who died two years ago. Did he? Yes. Oh I didn't know that. God bless the sacred art of Jim Carter. It died with him. And God bless America. <laughs> and your Star Wars defense program. Keeping us safe all these years. And the credits roll, and it's the end of the fucking film. Gymnastics and karate not catch on in, in a, as a film genre, Ken? Um, I think it's possibly because people watched this film and thought, that doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> yeah, that Seems a bit shit. elaborate. Yeah, because in order to be a, a good gymnast, you've kind of got to... Well, I mean, to, to do martial arts, you've got to be... A, the flexibility and everything, it's there, isn't it? It's part of well, Van Damme, isn't it? It's part of it, but it's just not... But whilst Van Damme looks like he could beat someone up, you know, this this guy's about five foot three. Yeah, he, even when Van Damme's at his most, like, childishly stupid, at the, like, you know, where he's just being... Dancing. Yeah, where he's an idiot. He's still, yeah. This guy, I don't know. He does look a bit like a kid. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> Would you recommend it? Is it getting the Kenby Wild thumbs up? It's Yeah, it's getting one. One thumbs up whilst I'm spinning on the bars. Right, with, yeah. my, with my other hand, so yeah. I can't let go. Yeah, you know, because I'm not that skilled. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's a stupid film, very much a stupid film. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Uh, no, no, there's no point in any of it. So there you go. Check it out, Jim Carter. Let us know what you think if you if you have seen it. The email address badmoviecult@gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, you can. You just need to search the Bad Movie Cult discussion group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. And if you enjoyed the podcast and are wondering, you know what? I like the cut of these guys' jibs. I like the girth of their dicks. How how am I going to support these guys through their life? Through their remaining days. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. What we ask of you, we only ask you one thing. And that is that you please like, follow or subscribe to us on whatever platform it is that you listen to us on. And if you can, we ask for another thing. 
Cold, <laughs> cold hard cash. <laughs> yeah. Leave us a rating or a review. Oh, yeah, okay, and that, sorry. Which is a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. Or cold hard cash. <laughs> yes. Through the Good Pods app, I believe, isn't it? The tip yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, we'll just get in contact, you know, we'll give you our <laughs> bank details straight away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll do that, whatever. You can find all previous episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on the podcast on our website. That's www.badmoviecult.com. I'm going to start selling some signed photos as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not of me. Just uh, I'll sign any photo. (laughs) (laughs) Just send it to people. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) You know, it's something I can do. I've got loads of photos. And all that's left to say is thank you for listening to the Bad Movie Cult podcast. And thank you, Ken. Oh, thank you. That was the first time I'd ever seen this film. So, thank you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd seen it about, you know. It was on my list, but, uh, yeah, it got pushed right up to the top. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. What did Donatello have? Um, syphilis. <laughs> <laughs>